when you start thinking about yourself as being almost like a, a reporter of what's going on rather than a, a leader or a teacher in any way, that I think can unlock the door for a lot of people because every single person has a story to tell. Everyone's been to work today and, and had an experience. And, you know, yes, you don't know everything about the topic. No one does. So just share what worked for you today, what didn't work for you today, what you're struggling with, what you've learned, what you've improved. I mean, that's a great way of creating content. And I, and I really urge anyone who wants to do something like this to start off with Twitter, start off with LinkedIn, start sharing what you're learning on a daily basis. Welcome to the Learning Way Working Podcast. I'm Robin Pettit, the host of the podcast and the founder of Sprout Labs. In this podcast, I'm talking with Ant Pudge, a learning design consultant. Ant helps unfulfilled instructional designers graduate from being frustrated order takers to being valued business partner. Ant's really passionate about performance-based learning on so many levels. In this podcast, we talk about becoming a better learning designer. We focus in on Ant's daily practice of writing bystanders learning emails and sending those out to his mailing list as a strategy to develop expertise and accelerate learning while working. Writing is an interesting strategy for learning. At the moment, I don't publicly write every day. It's something I'd actually like to try sometimes in the future. But what I do do every day is journal to articulate thoughts, reflect and make plans. I find this act of writing helps to clarify my thoughts and also increases the, the amount I remember as well. In learning designs, we also quite often use strategies around getting learners to write, specifically quite often about learning logs where the people are writing what they're learning and then reflecting it and planning, a little bit like what I'm talking about as well. Recently, we've also added a feature in Glasshouse that allows the integration of these types of learning logs and reflective questions and planning questions into actual learning content on the same page and in the same spot as well. I really encourage you to sign up to Ant's daily bite-sized emails. There's lots of insights that come through into your in- inbox from him. There's a link in the show notes to the landing page on his website for this as well. Ant, welcome to the Learning Way Working Podcast. Hey, Robin. Thanks so much for inviting me. So how do you become a better learning designer? Wow, that's a, a pretty pointed question. How do you become a better learning designer? Well, I don't know if I necessarily have the answer. But um, in my experience, um, it, in, it involves maybe ignoring a lot of the status quo and maybe avoiding um, some, I mean, maybe if we take a step back, in my opinion, the, the vast majority of, of learning, you know, whether that's in the corporate world or, you know, when we talk about learning development, right, in the industry, the vast majority of learning is ineffective. And therefore, you know, what most of us do when we start, you know, in this in this industry is we copy from others. We kind of mimic what other people are doing. And that's what I did. I, I thought, well, if I copy these other people who are doing it this way, you know, I'll I'll be able to hold my own and, and eventually, you know, succeed. And quickly, well, I say quickly. No, it wasn't quickly. It was really slow. It took me a long time to realize that actually the way that most people do things is not the best way of doing things and, and isn't actually solving problems. And it was a very long and frustrating road to get to a point where, you know, probably only two or three years ago out of, you know, a 10, 15 year career, I really started feeling that I was actually delivering solutions that was that was helping my clients, that was fulfilling to me, that was actually kind of increasing my value as a professional. Um, so, yeah, going back to your question, I haven't answered your question at all there. How do you become a better learning designer? I would say 
be willing to to um, question everything. Um, be willing to ignore the status quo if it doesn't feel right in your gut, and be you know be willing to you know trust in your instincts and to to, to think carefully about um, why why you're doing things and and if there maybe is a better way. I think we talked about it a number of times. We we do in learning quite often copy what we've seen. And it's a pretty average learning experience as we all go through. And it's very hard to break out of those, those, those existing frameworks. What's been the best strategy for you to actually sort of break out of those things and see things differently and be able to innovate? Well, that's a really interesting point when you talk about copying, um, because I think the problem that L&D has is that we, we spend so much time within L&D and we copy from others within L&D that we forget there's a whole world out there and we just assume, it goes back to my earlier point, we assume that everybody has it already figured out and if we just kind of follow, you know, the status quo within the industry, well, you know, we can rise to, to, to the, the, the levels that we need to rise to. But I think when you actually break out from L&D and you think, think about your, your own situation as a human being, how do you, you like to learn? You know, I think about my own situation and how I learn new skills and how I, you know, the content I consume on a daily basis and, you know, my personal goals and, and how I've actually, you know, built expertise in different elements of my life, whether that's being an L&D professional, whether it's being a dad or whether it's being, I don't know, um, somebody who is into productivity or who um, plays football or whatever it is, right? You, you have different parts of your life. And I think if we kind of move outside of the realms of L&D and we start thinking about, how we learn in our day-to-day lives and how we enjoy learning and the, the learning experience, whether that's, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've, I, I've been designed, I was designing e-learning for many, many years. I don't think we, during that time, I can, I, 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 during that period of time, I didn't want to learn from an e-learning course. And it took me, I don't know, seven, eight years to realize that and think, hang on a minute, there's something not adding up here. If I'm delivering all this e-learning, but I'm not actually learning from an e-learning course myself, there's, there's something not, quite 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 clicking here yeah it's um, interesting with that particular one um i'm not a like yourself i'm probably not a great consumer of e-learning i actually prefer to learn with a group of people and i'm actually quite happy to learn with a group of people online or it's sort of if it's blended as well i really that's actually so it's actually interesting because essentially quite often the designs i really like doing are actually based on quite often what my learning preference and comfortability is which is that whole yeah learning with learning with 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 others but it's interesting i did a webinar last year on creativity and instructional design i talked quite extensively about that where to look elsewhere because you're not going to find new ideas and new ways of doing things based on what other people have done have done um and, and that was sort of yeah a diverse set of stuff What's been your most powerful strategy to um, live forward in terms of um, new ways of thinking? Okay, that's a great question. Um, now, it's a strategy because it's manifested into a strategy, but I wouldn't sort of stand here and say what I'm about to say was intentional in any way. So um, I, I've always, I, you know, whilst I'm a learning designer, I guess, or a you know, a learning consultant, you know, that's what it says on my, my LinkedIn profile and my, my CV or whatever. I think deep down, I'm a, I'm a teacher. That's what I've always loved. I've always loved teaching, teaching what I've learned. And I've always been really passionate about that. I really enjoy understanding co- topics that have been confusing to me 
and really trying to understand them at a, at a, at a deep level in order to be able to teach them to somebody else and to, to be able to help somebody else get over the hurdles that I faced in understanding that whatever topic it was. And so from, you know, from a very early age, I've always really enjoyed teaching. And, you know, a number of years ago, I started a YouTube channel and I really enjoyed kind of sharing what I was learning via that platform. And I had a bit of a change of heart a couple of years ago and, and, and I started moving more towards writing. And, and so it was about 12 months ago, actually, I started really focusing on um, building kind of well, writing and as a as an art form, I guess, as a teach as a as a way of teaching, and started publishing more emails and quickly got on the bandwagon of um, writing daily emails. I was always fascinated by the idea of publishing content on a daily basis, and I could never quite keep up with publishing YouTube videos on a daily basis, just because there was so much production and design work involved to 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 deliver them to the level I wanted to deliver them at. And so I kind of came back to writing and, 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 you know, I, over the space of the last 12 months, I've been publishing a daily email and one of the kind of, and, and this is the reason I, I preempted this conversation by saying it was a bit of an accident really, but one of the most fascinating byproducts about writing a daily email has been my, accelera- my, my own acceleration of learning. So being forced to articulate an idea is completely different to just, just thinking that you understand something. Being actually able to type it out and to explain it in black and white, it's really accelerated my own understanding of, of certain topic topics. And it's kind of, um, it's, it's brought home to me some of the areas that I was lacking. And I thought, oh, you know, I, I, I get that, I understand that. But it wasn't until I actually had to articulate it that I realized I didn't fully understand it. And so, you know, just the, the 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 format of sending an email and receiving responses and being questioned about what I'm writing about and having to 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 respond to those and to think more carefully about it that whole process has just been transformational for me and um, it really has accelerated my learning so so that would be my my kind of answer to that question there's a few things I'll drill into about this this one what so it's essentially it's accelerated your learning because you're articulating what you what you're learning and then seeing the gaps. What else is it doing? Well, I think it's the the other thing that stands out. It's it's helped me become a better writer, and I think I'm I'm seeing that in all aspects of my work. So even just down to writing an email to a client, um, writing a LinkedIn post, um, you know, when I actually write an email. Um, even writing content, like I was writing a, a scenario today for an e-learning module, um, just how I construct sentence, sentences, how I use different grammar and adjectives, adge- adjectives and verbs, and I, I, it's it's kind of ironic that I can't speak, but I'm telling you how how, how great a writer I am, right? But um, yeah, it's I, I've become a better writer through it as well, which um, is satisfying. I look at work that I've done in the past, you know, from a year or two ago, and I. I cringe at some of my sentence construction because I think, oh, wow, I could have made that so much better. So just little things like that as well have have been fascinating. And I really believe that writing is one of those um, skills that compounds over time because, you know, we all write every day, whether we we know it or not. And so much of our personal brand, whether we think of it as a personal brand or not, but what people think about you is built on your writing because that's how often – people know you they read your emails they see your linkedin posts they they might not hear you on podcasts or see you on videos or see you in the flesh so having that text is i think so important so and and it 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 really feeds into our um, vocation as well you know being able to write really succinctly clearly 
you know, I just talked about scenarios, but so many areas of the learning and development work, work that we do, when you can write something really clearly and you get to the point, um, I think I think there's no, you know, I think I think it's very very useful. So just to make it clear to everyone that Ant's actually doing this as a daily newsletter that's going out um, to public. So essentially, yep, I, I've got a log in front of me that I keep, I keep on writing up stuff. Generally, it does involve some reflection every day, but it's not going public. Your, yours, yours is going out, out, out to your newsletter subscribers. That's really quite different and from my from my perspective quite scary so how do, how does doing this in public really change uh i find it i find it motivating because um to know that i mean i've got about 1500 people on my email cur- list currently and to know that there's 1500 people reading what i'm writing um is is really motivating so you know I, and i get lots of as well, I get some negative replies, you know, not not criticizing, but um, having a different opinion on on my stance, which is actually I used to take it as a real, you know, I used to be really, um, you know, take it as a slight and be really kind of frustrated about you know having negative negative comments. But then you know, I've learned to to realize that that's really valuable, and I can those are the ones actually that I can really learn from. But I also get lots of nice comments as well. So that's it's really motivating to wake up in the morning and to have a a handful of people saying that email was exactly what I needed. It came right at the right time. I'm just about to start a project and it really helped get my, my head in the game. And, and so that's been re- really, really, you know, a real good motivator for me. You talked about before, essentially this writing skill is a real core skill of an instructional design designer. It's one of the sort of things I think about as one of the pillars of instructional design. Why don't you think more, more instructional designers do this type of um, even weekly writing and sharing about what they're doing? Two things that sprang to my mind there, and maybe I'll answer the second part first, if that's all right. So the, the second part to that, why don't people do it more? I used to write, write a blog every week and it was absolute murder. I'd get to Monday morning and I'd think, what the bloody hell am I going to write about this week? And it would be something, you know, really rambling and just like usually started off with, oh, I'm so sorry I haven't, you know, written a blog for a month. I've just been busy doing this and that. And it was, it was just incoherent and, and, and crap, basically. But writing daily is, I know it sounds um, counterintuitive, but it's much easier than writing weekly because, because I know it's going to happen every day, just like brushing my teeth and dropping my daughter at school. It's a daily thing that happens, right? Whether I like it or not, I've committed to writing and posting an email every day. At 5 p.m., that email gets sent. So this concept, the concepts that I'm writing about, which is talking mainly about kind of performance consulting and turning um, disillusioned learning designers into um, business partners versus order takers, all that kind of concept. It's always on my mind. So last night I was sitting at my daughter's gymnastics class and you know, I, I saw a situation unfolding, unfolding in front of me. I won't go into too much detail because it will spoil the email, but um, it immediately reminded me of something that I see in learning development a lot. So that was this morning's email. I woke up this morning, five o'clock, baby daughter started screaming. That was my cue to say, right, I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to write my, my daily email. So, you know, I went out and I hammered it out and it was so much easier because I, you know, I, I'd already had the idea bumbling around in my head and I've got an absolute huge backlog of ideas that I want to write about at some point, but you know, I haven't got to them because it feels like they're just kind of 
coming through me and and because it's always on my mind i i can think about that but going back to your your first question why do people maybe um ignore the value of writing i think it's because we have this shiny object syndrome especially in lnd we get these latest shiny objects our videos or explainer videos or um i don't know whatever it could be narration or um mobile learning whatever it is and we think we've we think we have to add more. So I see it a lot in L&D. I see a lot of people talking about how can we increase engagement? And I believe that to increase engagement, we have to scale back what we're doing. We don't keep adding more bells and whistles to make it more engaging. It's just going to distract people. I think what we have to do is get back to the root of what we're, what we're trying to achieve. And that, to me, is text. It all starts with text, whether it's a voiceover, whether it's a video, whether it's a scenario, whatever it is, it's writing. We're, we're reading words on the screen, whether they're being spoken out by somebody's voice or you know, we're watching a, an animated explainer or whatever it is. It all starts with text. So I think if we can go back to you know, the, 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 root, the root of this, the, the very place where we began, and, and really um, improve our skills at writing, I think that's a great place to start. And this whole piece around daily writing and doing it more often really does that in a really powerful way. You said before you wake up every you you woke up that particular morning and did the the post. What's your process for doing this daily um, thing? Because a lot of listeners might be sitting there going, "Oh my god, getting something out to a mailing list of fifteen hundred people every day. I can't can't do that extra on my workload." Yeah, well, it does take time. It does take at least an hour a day. I would I would say it takes me. Um, I'm a real perfectionist, and, I, and I'm really trying to work on that. So I could probably do it in half an hour, but I really spend time. I'm really trying to improve my writing skills. So I do spend time editing and tweaking and trying to inject some humor in there. And, um, you know, I add, lo- I add a lot of links in there as well. So I try and make the emails as valuable as possible. So if I'm talking about something, I'll try and, you know, if I've, if I've made comments about things, I'll try and link to the relevant posts so people can go and do some further reading. But, yeah, my process is it's going to sound a little bit woo-woo, to be honest, but I really um, I'm trusting that, you know, I get up, I get into the, the zone. I've usually got an idea bouncing around my head that I've kind of made a note of on my phone during the day, during the past couple of days. And then I get down. And I, by the time I sit down, I've usually got a pretty good idea of what it's going to be about. So I've kind of roughed it out in my head a little bit. So I understand the concept and the kind of, you know, what it's going to be about, I guess. But then I really just get myself into a very kind of... um peaceful state and just the, the 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 writing process just kind of takes over and i almost you know it's it's that it's the, it's the flow state right isn't it that's what it's that's what it's called is you get into a state of flow and and i can very easily tap into that now because i've got 287 consist, consecutive days of doing it now I, it feels very natural to me and but but having said that it almost did from the beginning because when i committed to it I, I think I I think when I committed to it, I pre I'd pre-written about 15 emails to give myself a head start and to actually create a bit of an onboarding sequence to the the, the email list. Um, but after that, it was kind of like jumping in the deep end. But it it's come pretty naturally. And and the, the beautiful thing is, you know, I, I work with with clients on on L and D projects, you know, day in day out. So on the days when I haven't got something kind of grandiose or exciting to talk about, 
I just share what I'm working on. I talk about my client projects. I talk about um, the challenges I'm facing, the, the challenges I see other learning designers facing. The other thing about writing daily as well is when you get, when you're publishing that much content, I get a lot of replies, I get a lot of questions and those questions turn into emails as well. So rather than emailing somebody with a sing, you know, emailing one person with a re response, I will just ask them permission if I can share that question with the list and then I answer the question to everybody. So it really, it, it fuels itself. Okay. That's an interesting thing about that fueling, that whole doing more creates more, creates more, tr more triggers, the, the questions. Um, actually, it's interesting. I've built whole webinars based, based on, on a single question someone's asked during a webinar and partly doing a whole, oh God, I'm not going to be able to answer that in a, in a minute. I need, an, I need an hour to answer that particular question. So it's a really nice way of being able to have a dialogue back and backwards and for, forwards with pe people. Um, what's, if someone wanted to start a daily writing habit, what would be your greatest gem of wisdom? Well, I think what you're doing with your kind of private journaling, I mean, that's actually something I do as well. I don't do it every day, but I have a kind of Word document that I um, jump into on the days when I feel like I've got a lot going on in my head. I'll just jump into a Word document and just get it all down on paper. Um, and that really helps me kind of just clear out my mind, actually. I find that a very valuable kind of um, personal, um, yeah, personal activity. But from a kind of writing perspective, what, what the, the biggest blocker for me in doing this in the past, and you know whether this was YouTube videos or podcasts or blogs or email lists, I don't think it matters. Even you could go as far as Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram. The biggest blocker, I think, for people in creating this content, I, I, actually, I would say there's two. The first one is not knowing who you're writing for. And it's only in the last 18 months I've become really clear about, well, A, who I'm helping and B, what I'm talking about and how I can help them. Because I feel like in my own career, it's only been in the last few years, I've really kind of figured things out for myself. As I said before, previous to that, I was just cranking out a load of crappy learning and I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't really proud of what I was doing. So I wasn't going to talk about that. Um, so yeah, being very clear on who you're helping and how you can help them, I think is really fundamental. So pick something you're passionate about. That's for me, that's been the key. I'm so passionate about what I talk about that it just, it's an absolute pleasure to write about and I don't have to ever sort of get frustrated and, and, and you know, upset that I have to write an email. It's, it's a real pleasure. Um, the second thing I would say is that this is the biggest mindset shift I think people can make. And this really helps. I think this really helped me. And um, I, I know this helped other people that, uh, that I've talked to about it as well is think about um, instead of thinking about creating content, think about documenting what you're doing and this goes back to the comment i made before about writing about my client work and there's a really beautiful video uh, by a guy called gary vaynerchuk who many people will have heard of um, he's got an excellent youtube channel but he's a bit of a he's a bit of a macho alpha male type guy some people might not resonate but he wrote he, he created a really great bit of youtube content called document don't create if you just type document don't create into youtube and watch that it's just like a five minute video but he he explains it really nicely and the concept is instead of creating this masterpiece this beautifully produced 20 minute video or this amazingly written blog which presents some new you know amazing instructional design idea or this um, incredible bit of content where you're you know you know creating it from scratch it's, it's it's more like a piece of art and that's overwhelming for people to to do that and i find that overwhelming you know i, I, don't, I don't really do that 
But what I do do is I document my journey. So I, I talk about what happened to me today. I was at my, my daughter's gymnastics class last night and I noticed this. This reminded me of this, which is a client project I'm working on. And these are some of the things that I'm seeing. These are things that some of the things that I don't agree with. These are some of the things that I do agree with. And so when you start thinking about yourself as being almost like a, a reporter of what's going on rather than a, a leader or a teacher in any way, that I think can unlock the door for a lot of people because every single person has a story to tell. Everyone's been to work today and, and had an experience. And if you just share, you know, yes, you don't know everything about the topic. No one does. So just share what worked for you today, what didn't work for you today, what you're struggling with, what you think you've got, you know, what you've learned, what you've improved. I mean, that's a great way of creating content. And I, and I really urge anyone who wants to do something like this to start off with Twitter, start off with LinkedIn, start, sharing what you're learning on a daily basis and quite quickly people who resonate with your content will start following you and you'll build up an audience and you know one day you know we can all have a i'm not saying i'm definitely not saying i've got this but that's my dream as well one day we can have a dream business and have people reading our emails and uh, listening to our podcasts and buying our products and paying for our services and i think it's a it's a great way to to do that and but also ful fulfill a passion as well you know let's let's not get away from it i i i you know i started doing this as a as a way to promote myself professionally but it, it's, it's something i can't stop now it's it's a real passion so yeah really recommend it Thank you. Make sure there's a link to that particular video you're talking about in the show notes, along with a link to your newsletter. And I think that um, document don't create this a lovely way of this wrapping up the conversation today. And so thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Robin. Thank you for listening to the Learning While Working podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please leave a review. If you want to find out more about Sprout Labs, go to sproutlabs.com.au. We regularly run webinars and publish ebooks and guides about learning while working.